ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats, children of all ages, I introduce you the future legend. He is the host of Let's Talk Podcast. The one, the only, I introduce you, Philip! Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Podcast. This is episode 143. I'm your host, Philip. And today, we're going to talk about the New York Giants and more NFL talk. And today, I have a guest who will make his return to this podcast. He's known as HR from the PW Message Board. Daniel, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, how are you going? Pretty good. How about you, man? Yeah, can't complain. Yeah, I've seen here. I mean, we've seen some... Moves, which we'll talk a little bit in a while in the in the NFL, and I'm assuming you're pretty pleased regarding the New York Giants free agency. They signed wide wide receiver Gallows, who we would talk about last time we were on my podcast. They they need a wide receiver, so you got one there. Plus, they signed a safety Andrew Robinson. I'm sure they signed someone else too. What are your thoughts on the New York Giants free agencies additions? Yeah, I think it's I think it's been positive. You know. Um... Getting, getting Golladay is a really big one, I think. Um, like you said, I think the last time we were we talked, um, we were saying about how how important it was that they that they got a a, a weapon, a real playmaker, um, to really to really assess where Daniel Jones is, um, if he's going to be the guy, if he's going to be the quarterback that they can um, that they can rely on um, for the next few years. They really needed to get that that wide receiver one type player. That they just didn't have, and uh, and Golladay is that type of player. Uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, the big contract proves to be worth it, and he, and he um, they can make a really good partnership going forward. Yep, definitely, definitely, and you know, and um, and you guys signed also Andrew Robinson, who's the safety. What are your thoughts on that addition? Yeah, um, I think I think we're they've really turned around the, the defense um, in, in really quick fashion. I think it just goes to show how quickly um, a team um, or, a, you know, a side of the ball can go from being pretty ordinary to, to be quite strong. I think, you know, the Giants are looking at probably having one of the better secondaries in the league now. They've, they've really quickly added a lot of talent back there through the draft and through free agency. Um, and and probably even more important than that maybe is the they seem to have... Um, have landed themselves a coordinator who's really um, got some quality. You know, yeah. um, he, he made it. He completely turned around some players who were probably underperforming beforehand, and um, and now the secondary I think is looking like a real strength. You know, there's a lot of a lot of players back there. Um, Bradbury is like a you know a guy that stacks up against most corners in the league. I think Logan Ryan was a was a really underrated signing last year. He was a guy that sort of um, was out there for a long time. Um, wasn't one of the um, early signings in free agency last season, and turned out to be a really um, astute signing. Some good experience there, and then um, some of the younger guys. I'm looking forward to seeing um, Xavier McKinney play a lot more this season after he missed a lot of his rookie season with an injury. Um, I think the, the the little bit we got to see of him suggests that he's going to be a really good player. So. Um, 
yeah, and obviously Jackson, who they've added here, um, has experience and uh, and has the the runs on the board. You know, he's shown that he can be a a quality a quality cornerback, and um, him and Bradbury, I think, will make a really good pairing. You know, that's going to be he's going to take the number two receiver a lot, and you know, he's a quality outside corner. Yeah, you guys seem to be pretty strong or solid at least in the corners. Now, if you want to look at on the defensive side, what's the weakest point on the defense? Is it maybe the pass rush, defensive line, linebackers, or anything like that? Yeah, I think it is probably the the pass rush. You know, we've only, they've they've signed um, Leonard Williams to this big contract, and uh, and hopefully he can back up his season last um, with a with another good campaign. Mm-hmm. I guess the the only doubt on him really is whether it was a bit of a fluke, perhaps. You know, um, but it seems like a really good fit for. Patrick Graham's defense and that's the type of stuff that he he likes to do. So hopefully, it's not a case of um, a guy who gets signed to a big contract and then kind of rests on his laurels a little bit. Um, and yeah, I, I guess the, the the issue there is that there isn't really anyone else um, behind him that you can that we can rely on to get sacks. Yeah. Um, there are there are a few guys that have been taken high in drafts that haven't really turned out so far. You know, some guys like Lorenzo Carter. Um, and uh, Zimenez, who they've um, they spent, I think, you know, a couple of second round picks on, mm. and uh, they haven't really turned out to be particularly big impact players. Um, hopefully, I think both of them were down with injuries last season, so that that obviously didn't help. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, you need you need guys that can can stay on the field and um, and make a difference. And there there definitely is a a spot there for that sort of number two guy coming off the edge. That, uh, that is probably really the, the the one the one weakness now. Looking at our defense, if they can find someone to do that, then we'll be uh, the Giants will be in a good position. I think. Yeah, I'm wondering because we, I remember the last time we talked about on the podcast, we mentioned that we talked a little bit about the draft regarding what the Giants should do, and then maybe aim for like the wide receiver. But you guys sign now Gallows. Is it possible yeah. maybe draft wide receiver your first round, or maybe draft a pass rush for your first? Yeah. Okay. I think it's really up in the air now. I think before before getting Golladay, I think it was, um, you know, wide receiver was definitely the the clear option. But now that they've got that guy, I think it probably depends on who gets taken before the Giants at number eleven. You know, it gives yeah. them the flexibility, which I think is always a good thing when you're drafting in that kind of position. Um, you know, if if one of the wide receivers fall, then um, then I think it would be. It's a, it seems like a good. A good idea to take them, whether that's um, Smith or Waddle or one of those guys from Alabama. They look like one of the um, the options that'll be available. Um, but th- there's a potential that they both get drafted before then. Um, yeah. You know, teams like Philadelphia and um, that will be in the in the same market for those guys. And if they both go, then obviously the the flexibility is there. Um, I think I think edge rusher is a is a good option. And also offensive line. So there's th- there's those three positions that they could uh, that would all be reasonable, I think, to spend the the first round pick on wide receiver, edge, and probably um, offensive line. And it looks like there's good options at all three positions. Yeah. Um. So so depending on how it all shakes out, I think they're in a they're in a strong position. Strong position. Yeah. You mentioned about offensive line. I know you guys lost um starting guard Kevin. Sit- I think Sittler. He yeah, exactly. Went, yeah, yeah. He went to sign with the Ravens, I believe, and now uh, you seem like I have a whole open hole on that position. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, in the mock draft we're doing on the boards, I I drafted um, Rashawn Slater. 
um, to sort of fill that position. And I think he's a guy that's probably going to be available at uh, at number eleven. So I wouldn't be, you know, that seems like a a logical fit. Um, yeah. Offensive line is definitely going to be a, an issue. You know, um, now that we've got Golladay, we kind of have answered part one of the the big issue, the two issues on the with the offense, the the playmakers. Um, now, and then I think the second one is obviously the protection. Um, and the Giants have been trying, you know, um, for a number of seasons to kind of sort out the problems with the offensive line. You know, there's a lot of players have come and gone. They've spent high draft picks. They've brought in guys through free agency. And I don't think they're really any closer to, to um, improving the situation that they were two or three seasons ago. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if they, if they take that, um, that number 11 pick and draft someone. Um, because, you know, Zeitler, I think, is going to be a massive loss. Yeah. Um, he was really the only um, experienced, quality, reliable starter that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that he's gone, there is no one really that that, uh, that you can rely on. You know, Andrew Thomas looks like he's going to be a good player. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the number four pick from last uh, season. And he improved as time went on, but he's not the sort of guy that you can absolutely 100% rely upon, um, that he's definitely going to be better in season two. You know, you can't, you can't make that, that assumption. Um, and if that doesn't happen, then there is going to be some major problems because you've got basically four, four or five question marks, which is not the situation you want to be in. Okay, yeah. So it seemed like with the now the Giants have the number one pick, possible like either maybe a wide receiver, another wide receiver like you mentioned, maybe the Toto Smith, but you got other teams go might be on the market like Dolphins, um, maybe the Bengals, uh, who else? The Eagles, um, yeah, and. Carolina, maybe since they they just acquired Sam Donald, which will yeah, that's right. About, yeah, about just yeah. today, I know Blind was heartbroken about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but uh, what are your thoughts on Sam Donald trade, anyways? By the way, yeah, well, I think it's a um, it's it's one of those trades where I think everyone's a winner, really. Um, I think it's probably it's excellent for Donald, I think, really. Um, I don't think he could have asked for a better situation really than, than to end up as a, as a clear cut starter. You know, there was, there, there were, there was the chance that he could have got traded to a team and had to be in a competition or even, you know, go to be a backup at some stage, but at Carolina, it looks like they're committing to him at least for um, a season or two um, yeah. to try and revitalize him. And, uh, and he, and the most important thing is that he gets some, some quality coaching, you know, um, Matt Rule, Joe Brady, I think, uh, you know, even just in one season in the NFL have shown that their, their, um, their offensive system is one that uh, sets guys up to succeed. Um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is not exactly, uh, an elite quarterback and they managed to turn him into a 4,000 yard passer. So, um, Donald set up there you know in a good situation to kind of turn his career around um yeah. but I think on the other hand um it, it works out pretty nicely for the Jets too because because they've got a pretty good um value in return you know the second round pick in next year's draft and a couple of other lower round picks and that's pretty good value I think for a guy who's been pretty ordinary you know um if, yeah. you, if you look at the raw stats and forget about the the potential and uh, the fact that he was the number two draft pick, you know, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league for, since he's come in. Obviously there's the, you know, the, the overarching situation with the Jets and bad coaching and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah. just on the, on the raw stats, he's, he's not been good. So for them to be able to turn around and get, um, to get a second round pick and a couple of others, um, then that helps them in their rebuild. Yeah, definitely. I always thought in any sport for that matter, that, 
teams who are rebuilding they need to like stop draft picks. Yeah, after draft picks. That's the way. Look, look at Oklahoma Thunder in the NBA. <laughs> draft picks, like maybe like forever, really, <laughs> for the for the rest of their lives, probably. But and now the Jets are stockpiling draft picks, and as they should. You yeah, know, that's exactly. Exactly. You need to right. put put some talent, and especially if they got draft. Look like they got draft. Um, Zach Wilson with the number two pick. Yeah. You know, you never know what's gonna happen because you know draft could be unpredictable. You just yeah. never know. Yeah. And there's Put some talents now. Put some talents and Sam Don. And you know, I was looking at Sam Don's age when there were rumors about Sam Don for the four niners few. I mean, a month ago, I think. And I was looking at his age. I was like, oh shoot, man, he's still like he's twenty three. He's young, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah still he's plenty, young. Plenty of still. time to turn it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll say I was because I say I told this to Blindy, and I told him like maybe not all his fault. It's that dude. To, it's bad coaching. I mean, gays. Come on now. Adam Gates, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Adam Gates, bad coaching. Uh, it's just that no, not much talents around that team at all. You need some, bring some talent, bring some better offensive linemen, some weapons. I mean, look at the, what the Giants are doing now. I think they were learning from what the, what the Chets are making mistake regarding when since they draft Sam Donald. The Giants are now putting some talent. They signed. Gallows as your wide receiver. They may draft a wide receiver, who knows? And now they need, and now they also signed Rudolph from the Titan, who's been with the Vikings for a long time. What are your thoughts on the addition of Rudolph, anyways? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a has, hasn't got a lot of pop that signing. Um, and I think it could be a good one because he's been a reliable player for a long time. Um, and I think maybe the most important thing that that's going to do is it's going to put a bit of pressure on Evan Ingram to really up his game, you know? Yeah. Um, he's yeah. been. Uh, uh, an annoying player for to, to a lot of Giants fans who are kind of been waiting for him to really take the next step um, and become one of the better tight ends in the league because he's got the, the you know the athleticism and all that sort of stuff that uh, yeah. you know his his uh, his misfires and his drop catches um, have been uh, have been uh, pretty polarizing. You know he's he's come up short in some pretty big situations over the years for the Giants and. Um, and I think uh, having someone like Rudolph, who's an experienced, uh, reliable player, is going to push him, um, you know, um, and try and, and hopefully make them all make them all better. Uh, do you believe now the weakest point, the weakest in the offensive side is the offensive lineman, especially maybe the pass protection? Yeah, I think so, without a doubt. You know, the like I said before, you've got a lot of question marks, and I think you don't want to go into. Ideally, you don't want to have more than. Um, really, every position is under is under threat. Really, from um, in terms of having an answer, Andrew Thomas is really the only guy that you can really point to as someone who's, you know, um, trending in the right direction. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if they can uh, resolve some of those things, whether it's whether it's through the draft or um, just just uh, hoping that some players improve. You know, I think Will Hernandez yeah. is a guy who. Um, Hopefully, um, he's, he's going to come back to the sort of um, potential that we saw at some stage. He got a bit disrailed. Uh, his, his season last year got uh, um, disrupted because of COVID. You know, he had uh, he got infected and then um, and then lost his starting position. Um, whereas at one stage it looked like he could become quite a good player and a, and a reliable one, um, but that hasn't really turned out to be the case. So hopefully, he can get back to his best form um, and and go from there. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, that's that's definitely the weakness, as you say. I think the 
there there are some some things that they need to sort out for sure. Now let's let's test the number eleven pick. The Giants. The draft is like in a few weeks, and boomers are killing me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially the, this whole Mark Jones, which I'm not gonna talk about yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, guys, got the number eleven pick, and we we already mentioned this earlier. You look at you know maybe another wide receiver like someone Dan Dante Smith, possible which is a possibility. Um, in the office alignment, probably office alignment. We and let's talk about the office alignment in this case. I was looking in the mock on our mock draft in our board, and plus the other mock drafts in the other sites. I look at you know Slayer, Kristen Darson, I believe. Um, who else? Uh, there's another one, Tucker. Tucker, those guys could be maybe probable options for the Giants, maybe. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think the just the the Slater one makes a lot of sense to me. I think because um, mm-hmm. he he seems to be a guy that everyone thinks can play right across the offensive line, and I think that's the sort of flexibility that the, the Giants need. Um, obviously, the right guard position is one that's wide open because of um, Zaitler leaving, and he seems like he could be a he could slot right into there. Um, but he's also got the ability to play tackle, um, and mm-hmm. uh, some of the the draft guys like Daniel Jeremiah have Slater ranked even higher than Panay Sewell. So um, that's that's definitely something that's uh, that sounds good on paper. Um, but then but then again, you know, the Giants don't always do the sort of they don't seem to um, go along necessarily with a lot of the, the draft analysts. They picked Thomas last year who um, at, as the top tackle out of those four guys in last year's draft. Um, that went in the first round, and um, a lot of people were surprised. You know, the, they had Werfs higher. They had, um, you know, he wasn't necessarily the the consensus number one left tackle then, and then they, they was ended up being the pick that they made. So, you know, I think uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if any one of those guys that are sort of in that first round class end up being the, being the one that they take. Um, they sort of seem to make up their own mind as to who they like, rather than just going along with the with the consensus. Okay. Okay. Now, and we, met, we mentioned we did talk a little bit about the pass rush thing. And let's say the Giants may look at the pass rush with the number eleven pick. Who do you like in the pass rush yeah. for the number eleven pick? I think um, Greg Rousseau is the guy that I've seen the most um, connected to the Giants. Mm-hmm. He seems to be like the um, the guy that um, has that kind of genuine speed edge rush, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, a, you know, a, a, a big producer in college before um, um, before coming out. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, again, it sounds. It's. I'm not. I'm not so sure whether whether edge is uh, is is necessarily the way to go in the first round. It just seems like there's a little bit more elite level talent at wide receiver and offensive line. Maybe edge is somewhere that they can get in the in the second and third rounds. Perhaps um, it sounds like a lot of the guys. Just from some of the things that I've read about uh, about the guys that are that are available, that they're sort of um, de- developmental prospects, um, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that uh, that you know that's really we've got we've already got players like that on the roster, you know, people that they've drafted in the last couple of seasons who we're still kind of waiting for them to um, to turn into real contributors, and I'm not sure that you really want to take another one of those um, at this stage. So you believe this year's draft class in terms of pass rush, those players who are pass rush are projects. Yeah, I think so. Basically. That's 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 the the sort of analysis that I've been reading. Um it seems like yeah. you, know, you, you you read the 
um, the descriptions from from the draft experts, and a lot of them seem to have this tag of you know he's got all the tools, he's got the athleticism, um, but uh, but there's still developmental um, work that needs to be done. Um, a lot of guys that haven't played, you know, one or two seasons as starters in college, obviously because COVID interrupted them quite a bit. Um, that yeah. seems like a, a pretty common thread to a lot of those guys that are being talked about in the first round, second round category. Um, there doesn't seem to be like that sort of, you know, top, top tier edge rush talent, like, you know, um, like in previous years, guys like Bradley Chubb, guys like um, uh, the Boses, um, Chase Young last season, you know, those, those top absolute elite guys that you can, you can re- almost rely on to come straight into the pros and, um, and be impact players. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Now, um, let's say you have a draft board for the number 11 pick. Who you have on your draft boards? Yeah. Um, on your, draft, your big draft board. I think the, the, I think the most exciting pick to me is obviously going to be, uh, Devonta Smith. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he was just incredible, uh, in, in college yeah. last year with, with Alabama, he was really, um, just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, the, the game that he put on in the national championship where he was just catching everything, you know, the, um, he was just, just remarkable. And, um, uh, I think he, he would be the sort of guy that, uh, you know, would be, would be really exciting coming to your team for sure. Um, oh, yeah. um, but, but. Uh, aside from that, then I think the the sensible pick maybe is is to get it is to get a guy to um, reinforce the offensive line. So whether that's whether that's yeah. Slater or Sewell or any one of those guys, I'd be I'd be more than happy with that as well. But uh, obviously, the wide receiver is the one that you get excited about. Yeah, that's why I picked Dante Smith for the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't think there'd be there'd be any fan out there that would be um, upset if um, he was the guy that. Uh, that their team picked because because of what he did last year. Um, you know, he, he's he seems like an unbelievable player and almost like a, a, a someone that won't miss. You know, like um, him and um, Jamar Chase seem like two you know really elite level wide receivers that um, that have just had two unbelievable college seasons. There, you know, um, huge numbers, eighty receptions, fifteen hundred yards. 20 touchdowns, you know, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty exciting for, for, um, they're coming into the pros. Yeah. Some people were, I'm, cause I remember we did, he weighs what, 190 pounds and people worry about his belt. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you can't always like gain some weight, eat a lot of steak. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, you know, put the, in the weight program, yeah, you can buck up. I've seen players buck up before. What are your thoughts on People who criticize about his lack of yeah. bear, some concern. Well, that seems to be the only thing that's really separating him and Chase. You know, everyone seems to think that Chase would be sort of in the top five, probably. Um, I think mm. Miami seems like the most um, obvious spot for him um, because yeah. because you know, like their stat lines from their from their two their two seasons were almost identical in terms of what they were able to do. You know, clearly the num- the number one receiver um, in the last two seasons in college. Um, but but the size does seem to be a bit of an issue, um, and I think if you are spending picks in the in the top ten range, you want that guy that's the kind of prototype wide receiver one, and maybe maybe yeah. you know Smith's um, size stops him from being that. But I don't see I don't think there's any issue with him being a really productive guy. You know whether you whether he's playing on the outside or in the slot or whatever. Um, you know, as you say, I'm sure he can he can put on a bit of muscle and um, 
And I'd be very surprised if he doesn't turn out to be a really productive player. Uh, in terms of comparison, who do you remind you of with Dante Smith, that is? Yeah, um, I don't know if there's anyone really like him that's of that size that seems to be able to really dominate on the outside like that. Um, you know, yeah. most most of those, I guess that's that's where the question mark comes and that's where, um, you know, people are, people seem to think that uh, Jamar Chase is the better, the better option because a lot of those guys that play that wide receiver one are, you know, 6'3", 6'4". Um, whereas, whereas he's a bit shorter. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, you know, just watching some of his college games and his ability to really just take over, um, that's, that's, you know, maybe like Devontae Adams type games, you know, where he's just like, you know, Rogers is just targeting him over and over again. And, uh, and it doesn't, and nothing the defense seems to do can stop it. You know, that, that's, that, yeah. that's, that's a, probably a connection that you can make in terms of, you know, just just the the forced targets, um, where you know Rogers is going to throw to him fifteen times a game, and he's probably going to come up with fourteen catches for a hundred yards and a touchdown. That's the that's the sort of similar thing that he had going at Alabama last year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, who knows where he will land? We'll find out on April twenty ninth. Um, now, who you on the second round? Who you guys? Who do you like for the chance to target in the second yeah. round? Yeah, oh, I guess it's it's going to be whatever they don't do with that first round pick. So if they take an offensive line, then right. it's probably wide receiver and vice versa. Um, luckily, it just so happens that um, the two kind of positions of need for the Giants seem to be really well stocked in the draft this year. Um, there seems to be players available at sort of both levels where they're picking um, that are going to make sense either way. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to work out quite well. There seems to be a lot of receivers. There seems to be a lot of um, offensive tackles in particular. Um, so, so I think that that's going to work out quite well. Yeah. Now, what what pick you guys are at at the second round? Second right? round. I'm not sure off the top of my head. It'll be what it would be. It'll be in the forties, I think. Yeah. Forties. Around about okay. forty. Yeah. Early in the 40s. Yeah. Like early forties or mid early forties, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Early forties. Early forties. So. Because I, I know when we're doing mock draft, I was looking a while because I know it's my turn. Yeah. So I'll get that. I'll get to that. I, I I'm debating for which players, but I was looking. I look at some of the wide receivers. I was like, I like someone like Ronald Murray, I believe that's his name. Uh, another one is Terrence Marshall, and I thought those guys might be a nice fit for the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably the type of guy that they're going to be looking at. I would imagine if if they don't take someone in the first round and they're going second or third round for wide receiver is going to be a deep threat. Um, that's probably the the you know a real speedster guy that can go can go deep. That's probably an area that they don't really have. Um, they signed John Ross as the free agent, um, who's I guess going to be in that um, position. You know, he's the guy that had that uh, one of the fastest forty uh, yard dash times from a few years ago, but never really did anything um, for the Bengals. Um, so they've got him on a cheap contract, but probably another guy in that sort of mold, um, you know, that can that can try and take the top off the defense a little bit, because um, we've got those guys, you know, we've got Sterling Shepherd, we've got Ingram um, working underneath, um, yeah, maybe like a speedster guy. Um, so maybe that might be where they go with those mid round picks if they're if they're going to use them on a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, I know you guys have um, Barkley coming back. After you do to the carries, so yeah, be back for this season. Do you guys maybe need another running back? Like do it like a, a what you call it, 
like a groundwork type because him like Barkley's more like a with his speed yeah. with um him as a receiver maybe compliment yeah. the other running back yeah probably think? um we I think they signed um they signed Booker who was with um the Raiders last okay. year um he's going to be the backup okay. um. So, and I think they gave him a relatively big contract. That was that was one of those ones that you know the guys that analysed the money were were a bit down on because they paid him quite a lot. I think it was like you know six million or something like that. Um, that took a little bit of criticism, but it sort of indicates to me that they're preparing um, to maybe you know not give Barkley thirty touches a game, which is which makes sense with him coming back from injury. You know, you need you need someone reliable back there. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if they draft someone. Um, I would imagine maybe it's going to be sort of a pass catching back, probably one of the smaller guys. Um, they don't have anyone really like mm. that. Booker's like a between the tackles kind of guy. Um, so yeah, maybe a, a pass catcher. Um, Dion Lewis has been on the roster for the last couple of years, and he didn't really um, make much difference. So he wasn't much of a, a contributor. So someone in that area would be quite good. You know, the guy that can take the screens and the dump offs from um, from the quarterback, um, third down back type player so maybe that's someone that they can that they might look to draft Don Lewis is that the same Don Lewis you was in New England yeah that's ago? right yeah yeah yeah. Oh, yeah I remember that because I remember he signed with Tennessee I, I didn't even realize you guys got yeah. Don yeah, Lewis yeah that's right he was pretty anonymous for us um, yeah uh, and even when Barkley was, was injured for most of the season yeah he didn't uh, he didn't do a whole lot um, he was he was uh, he was used pretty sparingly, and I think he did kick returns for us sometimes, and uh, and some stuff like that. But wasn't really a, a much of a contributor. Yeah, it's just not surprising because I don't believe he was a much of a contributor when he was with New England. Or yeah, yeah, that's right. That yeah, yeah, I think he was probably one of those guys that uh, that uh, benefited from being a Patriot maybe more than uh, he he was a particularly good player. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And now we saw free agency soon to be die out finally. You know, there's some names that are still free agents, like Richard Sherman so far. He's still yeah. a free agent, which is not top of my head. I know there's were rumors about uh who was it? Seattle maybe he doesn't mind about reunion, but Seattle, please don't go back to Seattle, Richard. Please <laughs> don't go back to Seattle. Don't make me hate you again. Yeah. <laughs> don't make me hate you again. <laughs> Sherman, if you read this, I mean, listen to this, do not go back to Seattle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's all I have to say. But, you know, it's, and, uh, it seemed like the free agency seemed to be dying now. Or then what was your biggest surprise in the free agency? Um, biggest surprise? I think it was probably New England just going crazy and signing everyone really early on. You know? Oh, yeah. Um that's that's not really their their formula. Um, you know, they're they're normally not a team that uh, spends big money. Um, but I think they they've been sort of pushed into a position where there's there's no other alternative. They needed to to really reinforce their roster, um, which was which has really shown up as being very thin last season. Um, and I think if you if you ignore you know the size of some of those contracts, they've definitely made their team better. You know they've yeah. signed a lot of you know yeah. um, experienced guys who are kind of on that second contract level. You know that their experience level. They've been in the league for a few seasons. Um, you know, they got the two big tight ends, Smith and uh, Hunter Henry, um, and, uh, you know, a couple of receivers as well to really um, give Cam Newton a bit more um, chance this year than what he was given last year. You know, he was working with a very, very poor supporting cast. 
And I think um, Belichick kind of realised that uh, that they'd really uh, pushed themselves out with a with a pretty lacklustre roster, and he's looked to address that with some with some big moves this year. Yeah, I, I realised when doing the make that signs on free agency when they began it was basically on the defensive side basically um they seem to be covering signing mostly the defensive players and i know belgic's pissed off not making the playoffs let's face it <laughs> yeah yeah off. i think that's exactly right you know he wasn't <laughs> happy with um with the with the way that they they went and i mean to, let's be honest they didn't do too badly last season you know they're they still a seven win team i think right. so that's you know a lot. Of, there'd yeah. be a lot of franchises out there that would be happy with seven wins, um, but obviously that's not uh, that's yeah. not what the Patriots are used to. They're used to being right in the mix, and uh, and I think uh, yeah, they they recognise that um, if they want to get back to the playoffs now that the NF uh, the AFC East is uh, is a lot more competitive, Buffalo have taken over from them. Yeah. Um, the Jets and Dolphins kind of on the come up. Um, that that they needed to they yeah. needed to get some. Um, to improve their roster, to to be able to continue to figure in the in the playoff hunt. Yeah, it, it will be interesting what they're gonna do in the draft. They own the number, I believe, number fifteen pick, and I could see them maybe trade out, maybe if they want like a, like say yeah. a quarterback. Um, you know, if maybe because I was looking in the time slot, you know, Bengals maybe because they don't need a quarterback. But again, they need yeah. an offensive line like someone like Spo. Protect their yeah. investment. Um, Dolphins. I don't think they'll trade that with New mm. England. <laughs> this is a possibility, but I was looking. I they need a future quarterback. I mean, they signed Cam Newton, but he's not like a, he was since the Super Bowl when he was with Carolina. So I'm, and I'm sure, and I know, I, I I say this not that long ago. I think Matt Jones would be a perfect fit for New England. And I know you got Matt Jones with New England with the 15 pick on the mock draft. And, yeah, and everything. What what what? Your thoughts on possible Mark Jones to New England or maybe yeah, yeah. Well, it makes a lot of sense. I think both both <laughs> both teams. I think um, you know, you can see you can see why they're being connected with him. Um, I think the Patriots definitely seem like a team that would be prepared to move up, um, to take a quarterback, um, this season. It really, I think, it just shows. It depends on um, on how the draft pans out. Um, whether whether all the quarterbacks get snatched yeah. up. You know, if four of them go in the first four picks, then that doesn't really leave them much, um, much room to manoeuvre. But um, they they definitely seem like a team that could uh, move it maybe into Carolina's spot or um, or even higher to to grab a guy. As you say, um, I, I think Cam Newton will do better this season. I don't think there's much doubt about that. I think I've always kind of okay. been a bit of a defender okay. of his, and now that there's um, now that they've improved the the supporting cast around him, I expect him to do better. Um, but even if he does, he's not a long-term option. You know, he's not. He's not probably going to be someone that's yeah. going to be starting there for um, more than any more than a couple of seasons. If that, that's like the best-case scenario. So, um, I think they they will be looking to to get someone that they can they can build around as their as their future guy. Um, and and if there's someone in play and they have the ability to go and grab them, um, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them to see them trade up. But uh, it, it's it's difficult to analyze because they. <coughs> Because they might not have the chance, you know, the the players might be might be off the board before they even get the opportunity. Yeah, that's why they may maybe who knows they might be one of those teams could yeah. trade up. Um, I think the I think the forty nine is making it deliberately difficult for 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 the teams that are down below to to get a read on on who's going to be available. Yeah. You know, I feel like this 
the story that's been out there that they're really interested in Mac Jones might just be a smokescreen to kind of um, to kind of confuse yes. everyone and to make it not obvious as to what their what their intentions really are. Yeah, yeah, I, that's what I think. I think it may be a smokescreen, and then let me explain this. When Kyle Shanahan and Sean Lynch were first hired, they keep it yeah down low. They keep it tight lip. And all, and all of a sudden, after they acquired the number three pick, all of a sudden it leaks out. And suddenly, that doesn't make it's kind of odd, but maybe, maybe I was I say this on Twitter just today, early today. I say it's possible, like maybe an age, one of the agents, the one that leak out, maybe Matt Jones' agent. Yeah, leak out, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that, that stand to benefit from these sorts of things, isn't there? So uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised. And I think the the kind of um, the analysis that I've heard and I, I agree with is that it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense for San Francisco to spend what they did to move up to number three and then draft a guy that might have been available to them at number 12 anyway, you know? Um, it it, it yeah, seems exactly. to make a lot of sense that if you're going to give up the extra first-round picks to go and get this guy, this quarterback at number three, then you take the guy who has the absolute highest ceiling, you know? That that has the that has the athleticism and the, the ability to be like a real game changer for them. Um, that that Justin Fields and uh, that sort of, those guys present, you know, the 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 league is shifting towards those quarterbacks that have those un, that unbelievable athleticism. You know, your, your Watsons and your Mahomes have kind of shown that they're the guys that can be um, really really huge difference makers. Um, and and whereas Mac Jones his sort of athletic profile. Like, he might be a perfectly good quarterback in the NFL. I don't, I don't think there's... Um, but whether oh, he's yeah. the kind of guy that um, is worth, you know, the uh, two or three first-round picks to go and get, is he that much of an upgrade on Jimmy G for them to go and, um, you know, spend all that draft capital to go and get? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's what I, what I was saying. I'm like, why are you trading up for someone like Matt Jones when you could... So, yeah. Get him at yeah, that's twelve. Exactly right. yeah. <laughs> at twelve, that doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm gonna go with the quarterback who's had a higher, higher upside, like you mentioned, Chester Fields or Trey yeah. Lance, for that matter. I, I, I would be okay with those two guys. Uh, and and let, let's talk now. I asked Brian who you who does he remind him in terms of comparison with Mac Jones. He said Kirk Cousins, which is cousin, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's been that's been the weird story <laughs> for a long they... time, isn't it? That um. That Kyle Shanahan is absolutely in love with Kirk Cousins and has been trying to get him um, for a few seasons um, to be his quarterback. Um, it seems it seems like a strange one, but uh, it's it's been one of those stories that's been out there for a while. Yeah, Kirk Cousins—he's uh, obsession with Kirk. I think I believe he was a opposite corner in Washington at the yeah. time. Kyle Shanahan and he's going to work with Kirk Cousins at that time, and I'm like, Shanahan, please, please leave. Kirk. Cousin, oh man, don't just. I, mean, I don't think we're gonna get Kirk Cousin now since we got the number three pick. So Jimmy G, whatever. Uh, but whatever. Now let me ask you this: I asked my uh, when he was on my podcast the other day, and I'll ask him in terms of comparison: who does Mac Jones remind him of? He said mm. Kirk Cousin, like I mentioned. Who do you remind you of in terms of comparison? Yeah, with, um, um, Jones. I guess he's a guy. You know, Kirk Cousins. I feel like he's a good one because he he seems like. Um, that kind of like um, middle level quarterback where you're going to get a, good, uh, a solid statistical season. You're going to get some good moments. You're going to get some frustrating moments. Um, but he's kind of the guy that's just going to be in that mid tier. You know, you, you don't really ever see 
um, Kirk Cousins winning a Super Bowl. Um, he's not the sort of guy that can really elevate his team, but he's not going to be terrible either. And that you know, it's sort of that, that's that right. sort of um, um, sort of meridian level quarterback. You know, like Andy Dalton probably fits into that same um, level where it's a guy that's going to going to go up and down very slightly based on who he's got around him and who his coaches are. Um, but he's never going to be the guy that you can, you can expect to really elevate your team up to be a real contender. Um, but you're never going to be a terrible team with him either. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to bottom out with someone like that. You're going to be around that sort of like eight, nine, ten wins. That's your kind of ceiling. And your floor is probably like six or seven wins. Um, and that, that seems to be, you know, where he kind of projects, I think. You know, um, he he can he can be a good a good solid starting level quarterback, but he doesn't have like that real X factor um, that seems to be the way that the NFL is going. Yeah. That that you need at quarterback if you want to be a real a real difference maker. Okay, so you don't see Matt Trump as a superstar quarterback, which I know Brian say you don't see him as a superstar quarterback too. But possible the quarterback seem like the quarterback class. For this year, Jeff, someone maybe like Zach Wilson, Terrace Lawrence, Justin Field, possibly Jordan Lance, I mean, Trey Lance. Do you see those four guys, quarterback? Yeah, I think so. I mean, all of those guys have that kind of like um, the, the the traits that you you can see them being really incredible. Um, they're not, they're all obviously not all going to turn out to be amazing because that's not just not how it works. You're only going to probably right. see two of those four turn out to be to be absolutely fantastic. Um, and, and the others will probably will maybe struggle or, you know, they'll be in a situation, they'll cut, go to a team that is not able to build around them sufficiently to, to really um, see them reach their full potential. Um, but they all either have that like crazy arm talent or that athleticism to be able to escape the pocket and make plays on the run. Um, you know, we've seen some of those clips from those guys with their pro days, things like that, you know, like um, Zach Wilson making that crazy throw when he was on the run less launching the ball like 70 yards down the field and hitting the receiver perfectly. Um, they seem to all have that, that, that sort of real elite level talent that, um, you know, you can really get excited about. Yeah, definitely. Now, let me ask you this. I already asked you about Mac Jones in terms of comparison. For Terrace Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Field, and even Trey Lance, granted, Trey Lance only played, I believe, one game last mm. season to and then he dropped out due to the. I think he dropped out. I, I, I might be mistaken. And in terms of comparison, who those quarterbacks, as I mentioned, yeah, my I think um, Zach Wilson seems like the guy who is kind of close ish to Mahomes. Um, you know, he, he seems okay. like the sort of guy he can improvise a little bit. Um, he's got that, you know, next level arm talent where he can make just some crazy throws. Um, off balance, I think it seems to be something that seems to be coming into the league more and more. You know, this idea that um, uh, sort of what we saw from Mahomes in the Super Bowl when he was under pressure um, from from uh, the Tampa Bay pass rush, you know, he was able to make those throws, um, his arm at different angles, um, fading away and all that sort of stuff that probably, you know, would have been coached out of quarterbacks 5, 10, 15 years ago, but it's now sort of being... Um, encouraged as something like a real difference-making type talent. Um, he seems to be someone that fits that mould. Um, so, yeah, that's that's something that I can that I can kind of see. I can see why they're, they're being linked together. 
Yes, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I remember I asked someone the other day who was on my podcast. He said the same thing, like maybe Patch Mahomes, maybe a little yeah, bit. Of yeah, that, yeah, Rogers makes, makes some of those same. throws too, doesn't he? When he's like being flushed out towards the sideline and he can, um, he can fit them into tight windows and stuff like that. So, yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, whereas Fields um, seems like, yeah. uh, you know, I haven't seen him play as much. I saw a couple of games from Wilson last year, but, uh, you know, they seem to be more um, reliant, or not reliant, but they're more encouraged to use the real, like, dual threat type ability, you know. Fields, I think, had the, like, a crazy fast 40 times. So he's he's um, clearly like a, a, yeah. a real runner, a running threat that sort of matches up with, like, a, maybe like a Jalen Hurts type. Yeah. Jaina Hurts. Okay. Jaina Hurts. Jaina Hurts feels... Because I saw some of his, uh, like, highlights on his yeah. pro days, just to feel status. And I saw some of his throw. I was like, wow, man. He, he was like, one, uh, what was it? He was like, after he was hiking the ball, he was uh, one, and then he throw that long bomb. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty impressive. And he was very lit. And then when I heard yeah. him, like a four point something, yeah, yeah, very that's pretty fast, fast very for fast quarterback. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a weapon that yeah. Kyle Shanahan can use. Someone like Kyle Shanahan can use, especially in the one, with the one blocks we have, uh, solid one blockers. I still concerned yeah. about the patch protections, but that's something that, and he has some connection with, with Chester Fields with the few, couple years back. So yeah. something to think about. And you mentioned Chesterfield remind you of uh Yeah, I think he seems like he hurts. seems to be like a super science version of that. You know, maybe there's there's more there's more um passing ability. Um but really yeah, that, that super athleticism where they're like a genuine dual threat and not not so much just like a really athletic quarterback, but a guy that's gonna be a legitimate threat as a runner mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and you know, and some people compare him as James Winston, and <laughs> like, oh, that's not Dex, because I know James Winston was a solid college player, but in pros, yeah, not yeah. that much. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see <laughs> in the if, pros, um, if he gets the chance to so, start, you know, um, this year, um, I think he's a guy that people yeah. have been um, sort of excited to see play um, again in a, in a new in a new team. Yeah. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to if he's able to convince uh, Sean Payne that he should be starting and uh, over T- uh, Taysom Hill this season. Yeah, Taysom Hills. <laughs> Taysom Hill. <laughs> you believe what Saints fans say a couple years ago? Say Taysom Hill is the next future great <laughs> quarterback. Nerf from yeah. Drew Good luck yeah, on that. Be, Good luck yeah, on that. It's going to be interesting to <laughs> Not... see what they do because um, you know I think everyone kind of expects that Winston is going to be the starter. Um, but um, in the previous opportunities when mm-hmm. Breeze has gone down, that's not been the case. You know, they played Teddy Bridgewater two seasons ago. They played Taysom Hill yeah. last year. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked um, if, if they go with Taysom Hill again this season. Yeah, and I, we'll see what happens. How he, maybe he might surprise yeah. everyone. Who knows? We just don't know. They were because I know they were using him like a weapon, like a tight end wide receiver the last couple of years, and or even a running back. I mean, I saw like you know, I was like, damn, that's pretty, and he was pretty solid for his role to heal. That is, you know, but as a maybe running back, as a wide receiver, or as a tight end or whatever, I like that's that's a nice weapon to have with paint what Shane Payton used uh, the last couple of years, but now. That look like maybe Hill might be the starting yeah. quarterback full time. Maybe the possibilities you can't use that now. <laughs> ha, yeah, that's that right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, Drew Brees <laughs> not gonna save yeah. you now. <laughs> there, there's that. So there's that. Now, um, I was, I was again. Do you believe all the quarterbacks that we just talked about? Zach Wilson, Terrence Lawrence, just a few, Trey Lance, and even Matt Jones. Those top five quarterbacks for this year's draft. Do you believe there are stars for Dave's? I'd be surprised if any of them um, don't. Um, they don't seem to necessarily be the types of guys that um, people expect to sort of sit. I guess I guess the only one that might be um, not a full-gone conclusion is whoever the 49ers draft because they're going to keep Jimmy G by the looks of it. Um, maybe Jimmy G be, uh, right. ends up being like a bridge guy to whoever they draft. Um, sort of a little bit like what Miami mm-hmm. did last year with Tua and Fitzpatrick, um, where Tua didn't start straight away, but it was he yeah. was always going to come into the lineup at some stage. Maybe the 49ers do a similar sort of thing um, with whoever they draft, um, but I'd be very surprised if any one of those five mm-hmm. um, don't end up playing, you know, at least eight games during the season. Um, the, the, you know, the... The, the days of drafting a guy and having him sit for a season to learn uh, seem to be out the window now. Um, you know, the, the, the guys are able to come in from college and um, and become, you know, starting quarterbacks, difference makers straight away. Um, they don't have to sit anymore. And uh, and, I, and it seems like that's going to be the case with a lot of these. Um, a, a, a quality quarterback is such an important um, commodity. So, you know, the, the advantages of having a starter on the rookie um, the rookie contract and all that sort of stuff sort of um, are, are so important that it seems it seems like a waste of um, a waste of time to draft someone and then not uh, not find out straight away whether he's he's going to be a guy that can can be the starter for your team. You as you mentioned, you see uh, me. I mean, bench too. I don't forget mention. Uh, yeah, Eagles that's exactly right. Team, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you you're not drafting these guys unless yeah. unless you have a plan really to play them um, pretty soon. Um, unless you're the Packers, yeah. I guess they're really the only the only team that's done that in the last few years. That kind of rather bizarre decision to to draft um, Jordan Love. Um, that one seems to be the the real outlier, um, whereas everyone else is. Is drafting these guys in the first couple of rounds and um, and is at least putting them out there pretty soon to, to see what they've got. Do you believe it's a bad idea for teams to bench their rookie quarterback? Like, say, for example, the foreign ers yeah, they seem to be look like they're going to keep Chimichi unless there's an offer they can't refuse, type like a first round. There's real reports they're looking for a first rounder, but like I don't think teams will trade a first round unless they're on, yeah. unless they're drinking, <laughs> and you know. But is it maybe a bad idea for the four ers to start Chimichi and bench whoever they got draft the yeah. quarterback, whereas Matt Jones? I don't think it's Lance necessarily a bad. Thing. I mean, it worked out relatively well for Miami last year. Um, um, mm-hmm. You know, if you if you've got a guy that can you can rely upon. Um, then, then it doesn't seem like a bad thing, you know. I, I don't think it would be a, a particularly big problem if whoever the 49ers draft doesn't start week one. Um, but yeah, I'd be surprised if if they don't come into the lineup at some stage. A little again, similar around that mid-season type area. Um, I guess, I guess the only kind of the the only right. negative about that, and the way maybe that Miami handled it was that Tua, you know, got injured a little bit and then came back out, and Fitzpatrick was back in. And I think that sort of created a little bit of doubt around Tua um, going into his second season. Whereas 
Um, he really should be the, the nailed-on starter. Um, there, there's been a little bit of doubt around whether he's the guy because he didn't get to play that much and um, you still have some kind of questions around him. That's kind of the only downside of that situation where he only ends up playing eight games. Is it a big enough sample size to be able to say, yes, he's our guy? Kind of the same thing that happened with um, with Hertz in Philadelphia. You know, he, he only played a few games, so there's still a little bit of lingering doubt, even though he showed, yeah. showed some good signs here and there. There's just not a big enough sample size to be able to really con- commit and be convinced by the guy. Um, so that's really the only the only downside of that um, that strategy, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and don't forget, you know, we mentioned that uh, Patrick Mahone once upon a time was bench his first rookie yeah, season. Yeah, that's right. Been out that worked out pretty well for them. Um, Look, yeah. Yeah. That, that uh, that's yeah. a, that's a good example that you can kind of point to that suggests that that's that's not the worst thing in the world. Um, and I guess you know um, Jimmy G with the 49ers kind of looks like that sort of you know similar level kind of guy as Alex Smith. You know they're they're reliable starters, um, they're experienced, um, but the the area that they're lacking in is kind of that like huge athleticism, that huge difference making ability to really be able to take the team over the top. Yeah. You know. Um, you kind of think if, if, if the 49ers had, um, you know, someone like that, they might have won that Super Bowl a couple of years ago, you know. Um, so that's, that's a, a sort of a similar, a similar progression, I think, where the, quarter, uh, the coaches maybe are just seeing that as an, an area that they can improve. You know, we're perfectly happy with the guy that we've got. He's, a, he's reliable, um, he's decent, um, but to be able to take that next step, we need to get the the new guy into the, into the team who has those, that all that X factor and, uh, um, and real, real ability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember, if I remember correctly, Shanahan used to coach Robert mm. Griffin, who was pretty athletic at the time. Yeah. Was at a solid year as his rookie season when he was, when Shanahan was a office coordinator in Washington, <laughs> Redskin or still Redskin to me, damn it. <laughs> Come on now with that freaking name. Are they going to go with another yeah, the think, same name another season? Still, or are they going to go with the Washington football team for at least? The, well, I mean, if we come really? out for the season now and they still haven't said anything. Um, yeah, I haven't heard anything. So I think that wow. it'll be at least another year before they change. Wow. I know that it would take, because I know it was unfortunate the last minute they had to change the name right when the season or training camp was started and everything because it takes a while with the marketing logos, that kind of stuff. But I thought maybe they would do it yeah. now because this is a long off season and they yeah. still haven't done it yet. What they're doing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. I mean, I, you have to go with another name. I mean, the same team name. Washington, yeah. the football team. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? And, and, and that's another Yeah, that's that right. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, they're, they're in, a, in a sort of a similar sort of interesting situation with, uh, with Fitzpatrick, who's, uh, who's, you know, very old now um, and has been bouncing around multiple teams for the last few seasons. Um, it'll be interesting to see, to see what they, they sort of plan on doing because, you know, he's only a short-term situa- uh, solution. Yeah. Um, I, I, they, they seem to be setting themselves up to try and win uh, the division again this year, um, and go back to the playoffs with a with a more reliable option at quarterback. I think they've got a pretty good team, really. Actually, uh, you know, Washington. I feel yeah. I feel like they're um, they might even be the favourites, really, in the 
in the NFC East um, with all the... Yeah, I think so. I mean, they, they made the playoffs oh, last really? year. Um, they've got a good defense and they've, um, they've addressed, cool. you know, some of their major problems on offense. Um, they've got a, you know, a more... Uh, Fitzpatrick, I think, is a, definitely an upgrade on their quarterback situation from last year. Um, they've added Curtis Samuel, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a playmaking wide receiver. Um, Terry McLaurin's a good, a good uh, sort of a number one type guy. Um, Antonio Gibson had a great rookie season. You know, he's a he's a he's a good running back. Um, they've got um, they've got a good tight end. Thomas is a good tight end. Um, yeah, yeah, I think they've uh, they've got a pretty mm-hmm. good team. Yeah, because I know they were making yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, they got a lot. Their defense of, is pretty good. Yeah. So good, I know. Chase Young. Yeah, and I wonder if they need a, like a quarterback franchise. They're what pick they're in now. I know they're in the top ten, I think, or no, they're not. I don't think they're in. I can't. I can't remember they're in the top ten this year draft. Or not, not on top of my head right now. But I know they're one of those teams that needs a quarterback. There are some other yeah. teams like you know, yeah. like the Bears. <laughs> Sorry, Bears fans. Uh, I know, I know, Bears fans. I know you have to deal with Andy Dalton for, and I think the Bears might be drafting quarterback because they only have, you know, rely on two federal quarterbacks. Maybe like, I know they like Matt Jones, according to our web reports. What do you think about that possible possible drafting a quarterback? Maybe maybe someone, yeah, maybe not in the top five quarterbacks. Maybe you think that they get someone maybe in the later up, rounds maybe. Um, as like a, a guy that they can kind of try and work on for the future. Yeah, um, because as you say, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's getting excited by by Andy Dalton and Nick Foles going forward. You got to, as you say, two old quarterbacks. Um, they're not going to be around much longer. Um, they, they've got to start looking towards the future. Um, but uh, yeah, I think if you're a, if you're a, uh, a in the draft, Chicago is uh, is a team that you're going to want to avoid if you're a quarterback. It's uh, it's not the destination that um, that you that you want to land on, um, given their track record over over recent years. Um, I think I think Sam Darnold's probably uh, pretty happy that uh, he managed to avoid Chicago. I think they're probably probably a team that maybe would have been would have been interested <laughs> in, in getting him. Um, I think he's he's probably uh, he's pretty fortunate to have landed in Carolina compared to Chicago. Right. Well, Russell Wilson, we, you know, we heard about trade rumors about Russell Wilson. There's, there are reports just recently that Seattle looking possible to move on from Russell Wilson. That, that's a rumor, though, just, or according to reports. And Russell Wilson did say he, he listed teams and the Bears was one of his preferred destinations, which is yeah, well, kind of surprising. Was this, but yeah, there was the story the Bears that they some given, um, a big... They'd offered the the Seahawks a big offer. You know, there was like I think it was like two or three first rounders, um, and and Seattle turned them down. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe Wilson would have been happy to go there, but um, but Seattle I think seemed to be seemed to be uh, hanging tough and uh, and not giving him away, even though they got a really big offer. Yeah. Do you see Seattle maybe not this year, but maybe later in the future, maybe next year or after the season, if things not going. According to Penn for Seattle, yeah, potentially. I mean, I think it seems like they've, they've yeah. sort of started. They uh, made a couple of um, moves to try and solve some of the the issues that uh, Wilson had with them. You know, it seems like Wilson's fed up with getting sacked. He wants an improvement on the offensive line, yeah. um, and Seattle traded yeah. for Gabe Jackson, so that's a, yeah. a pretty good piece to kind of improve that sort of situation. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I feel like it was probably more of a 
um, uh, a power play move by Wilson to sort of put the cat amongst the pigeons and make Seattle realize yeah. that, um, you know, we're sort of in a, you know, trending towards a situation where just because you've got this um, quality quarterback, um, you know, there, there, there are options for quarterbacks to, to, to trade or to, you know, put themselves out there for trade. Um, whereas probably in the past, you know, if you were a franchise guy, you were a franchise guy for good. And that was, that was how it was. Whereas now we're sort of um, moving into an age where there's more power for the players. Um, and I think he was just sort of flexing his muscles a little bit on that, um, on that side of things. Yeah, well, it would be interesting, I wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be a <laughs> real, uh, like a real seismic shift um, yep. in, in the yep. league if, if someone like that was to, was to change teams. Yep. Especially for the NFC West. <laughs> it doesn't mean that Arizona's yeah, going to win the <laughs> NFC West, kids. <laughs> <sighs> so, well, anyways, it's good talking to you, Aaron. Oh, yeah, and you're yeah, welcome to. to come um, back if you have Maybe we can uh, do it again closer to the season, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe we'll do it like a uh like a PW round. I try to do a PW round table for oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great topic. to get, uh, to get the, the boys on okay. and uh, like we can a, all have a chat together. That'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I was going to do a few PW round table discussions and maybe one of the PW round table discussion maybe in maybe June, July, maybe August. At the, uh, we can talk about football. Maybe you, Blindy, uh, maybe UT, UT, or someone or some others. You know, if you know, that would be good. And maybe talk about foundation yeah. for our team. Yeah, that's that, awesome. that, you know, that kind of stuff. Definitely down for that. That'd be cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, and maybe talk trash a little bit, maybe. <laughs> Four nights ago, on Green Bay in the playoffs, UT, you heard that? And I, UT, this week too. <laughs> so, is that is there anything you want? No, to I don't think in? so. Like Twitter, um, YouTube, guess, or anything like if, that. Um, if anyone out there is listening and uh, isn't a isn't a member of the forums, you can uh, you can check out what we're doing at the moment with our mock draft. Um, there's some there's some interesting stuff there. People are writing some good uh, some good write ups for why they're making the picks that they are. And uh, and uh, yeah, I think you know we've got a we've got a good little uh, NFL community on our forums. So. Uh, if anyone out there is listening that's not a member, um, sign up and get involved. Yeah, so there and it's just to talk about wrestling too. You can talk about you can talk about sports, uh, music, movies, that yeah. kind of stuff. Video games, pop culture, anything like that too. Um, it's a basically all around community, everything like that, and. And I'll be before I plug in. <laughs> Brian, thanks for taking my pick, man. <laughs> if you listen to this, Brian, you take my Walt Davis pick for the 49ers. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but, anyways, follow me on Twitter, PDH10. My handler for Twitter again, PDH10. That's how podcast has a Facebook page. Give a like, follow. I update new guests, announce new guests, new episode, all that good stuff. Desktop podcast is available from nine different platforms, such which you can listen to all the episodes, including this episode, from nine different platforms, such as Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, Podcast, Google Podcast, and Radio Public. The next desktop podcast is Thursday night on that podcast. And how about that? From the PW forum, UT will make you stay with you on that podcast Thursday night. We'll, we'll talk about the Green Bay Packers. 
you know, my fan a little bit. They lost in the NFC Championship. Hint, hint. <laughs> and plus more NFL talk for this Thursday. Also, this Friday night, Justin, who's known as Rad, hopefully he's okay because I haven't seen him on for a while, uh, will should make his return this to the podcast, which we also talk more about the Green Bay Packers movies and TV shows and much, much more for this Friday night on that Star Podcast. <laughs> so, excuse me, I'm about to lose my voice. When do you say I'm going to lose my voice on the podcast? And that's good. <laughs> so, everyone, have a good night. Wear a mask, stay safe, and talk to you this Thursday night on Let's Talk Podcast.